rather than trying to digitize or virtualize or build a robo-advisor, why don't we just try to make that process of information going back and forth a little bit easier for everybody? Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. So I want to get right to it, but before we do, I'm going to recognize a sponsor of this episode of the podcast, and that's the Rising Insurance Star Executives, or RISE for short. They're the insurance industry's fastest growing young professionals group with a mission to springboard rising talent and attract more young people to enter the industry by changing its image. Now, the group has gained significant momentum since being founded in 2017. RISE offers its members discounts and scholarships to conferences, resources like free CE webinars, internship connections, a job board, and host an annual award profiling 10 rising leaders. It's free to join RISE, so check them out at www.riseprofessionals.com. So today I have have the pleasure of speaking with Ilya Bodner, the Chief Executive Officer of Bold Penguin, an insure tech that's focused on streamlining the commercial insurance buying process. Now, I've had the opportunity to really follow Bold Penguin's story since I learned about them a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm really excited to be speaking with Ilya about uh, about the company. So Ilya, you know, it's uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much. I am excited to be here and share the story. Absolutely. You know, so Ilya, you know, I, I want to start back from your your history, uh, you know, prior to you starting Bolt Penguin. And, and, and as I look into where you were, I, I got to say, you have started two wildly successful insurtechs, one being Bolt Penguin and another that you've co-founded um, and both are doing so well. So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about your penchant to innovate and, you know, how you got to doing what you're doing today. Sure. No problem. Uh, so my first real job in the U.S. was uh, as an insurance agent. Uh, way back when I uh, passed my uh, Ohio insurance exam and got my uh, license to sell insurance. And so decided to uh, open up an all-state agency with a good friend of mine and uh, had the hand-to-hand combat, auto and home, occasional life uh, through that. Uh, we sold our insurance agency back then, and that was my first big splash into what a uh, big mess insurance really is <laughs> for all the right reasons, but uh, everyone that's listening to this can surely relate. Uh, since then, I uh, had the opportunity to work alongside uh, other startup folks to offer solutions and services to the insurance world. I thought with my background of being an agent, sort of knowing firsthand what the problems are with uh, different products that may make sense for the industry, it would be a, a good combination. So we launched a number of different digital uh, solutions that were bought by insurance companies, insurance agents, etc. And through that second wave, I got front row seats to really understand that channel conflict that exists in insurance. Uh, in some companies, it's major conflict and some companies it's, it's minor, uh, but it's always there. And it's almost paralyzing a lot of these companies. That's sort of what I 
concluded. Um, and so from that second experience, I uh, decided to go out on my own and try to uh, come up with ideas, uh, products, concepts that may uh, either solve or make the pain less painful uh, with this channel conflict. Uh, and you mentioned two startups. Uh, I, I won't even bore you or the audience with the details of how many more uh, never even seen life of day or how many completely failed or just horrible ideas or crash and burned and we just lot, waste a lot of money. So a lot of this stuff is just trial and error. Uh, try, you learn, you heal, you wake up and do it again and again, uh, which led me to Bull Penguin. And it was the accumulation of everything from my background all the way back to selling insurance myself. I sort of found that in commercial insurance particularly, a, it's one of those unsexiest of already an unsexy industry, right? So the final frontier. Uh, B, it's it's profitable. That's pretty profitable in, in a lot of companies that, that do it right. Uh, and when you do something in it, you're not really bumping into competition. And in my case specifically, you're not really bumping into startups and attention. This was three years ago now. It, it's a lot more um hotter now than it was back then, but we felt like we weren't really bumping into uh, uh, as many, um, as much noise. And then there's this uh, D, the fourth element, which is the insurance agent, the broker, the heart of the business uh, felt like if we could just figure out a solution or some kind of technology or uh, anything of that nature that could make his or her life a little bit easier, we can go a long way, which was very different from a lot of startups and a lot of way of thinking. So we were contrarians, I think in some ways back then of saying, rather than trying to digitize or virtualize or build a robo advisor, instead of doing any of that crazy stuff to mess up the balance between the insured, the broker and the carrier, why don't we just try to make that process of information going back and forth a little bit easier for everybody? Not a lot, just a little bit. And you just chisel away at it one day at a time. And uh, despite all the criticism and early failures and flops, uh, I think we've succeeded at that. And so that brings us to today. Absolutely. You know, and and you, I think you, uh, you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that a lot of especially carriers um, and even some agencies are uh, a, a little bit apprehensive about diving into innovation and transformation um, along the distribution side it's because of the channel conflicts that they run into. And, you know, so, so you see carriers that may project that, hey, you know, we can do X if we decided to go, let's say, the direct model. But um, of course, you know, you have to take the agency who's the lifeline at least today for a lot of organizations into consideration um, now personally I don't believe that um, that the agents will be dis disintermediated outside at all um, but, but but I do believe that there's some opportunities to um, you know create some more efficiencies in the way to your point that carriers and insureds and agents interact and and that's what you all are doing with bold penguin so you know if you don't mind talk to me about the value proposition of bold penguin and what you solved and how it's been perceived to date yep sure so the problem in commercial or let's zoom a little bit more towards what we do which is small commercial so two employees to 99 employees worth of business 
So you figure anything less than two is micro, anything more than 99 employees is getting closer to mid. Every company has a different definition of that. So we just decided to come out and say, that's how we define small. Uh, so the problem in small commercial is that it's not actually one problem. It's three big problems. And if you don't actually address all three in tandem or sort of balance them, uh, trying to triangulate it, you will be lopsided and you kind of miss the solution. And those three are, number one, in any particular, it just depends you know, what side of the house you sit, the broker, the carrier, et cetera. Uh, number one is efficiency. The more, the way that insurance is done today, people touch the issuance, the policy, the uh, Accord app, et cetera. Uh, the more people touch it, the more costly it gets, the more it squeezes the margin, the more unprofitable it becomes. So efficiency is key. That's problem one. Problem two is getting access to deal flow, reaching distribution. Again, just depending on which side you sit, that hits you or hurts you quite a, from a different angle. And number three, it's the actual insight into the market, uh, sort of understanding what can be profitable, what's good, what's adverse selection, access to the information. So those, those are the three things that we, we see in this space. What Bull Penguin does is solves for all those th three. We have an exchange that we've launched. It's a small commercial exchange. It helps agents, agencies, brokers, MGAs, insurtechs, etc. Uh, load applications into the exchange and be able to triage the risk, quote, and bind it. On the other side of the exchange, we have carriers that want to reach the distribution. So they work on basically loading their product onto the shelves and making sure that their product is adequately represented on the shelf space wherever they want to. And within the exchange, there's quite a bit of trading that takes place. Uh, you know, small is a relative term for some small is $1,500 policy, for some small is $500 policy, for some small is anything less than $25,000 in annual premium. Uh, niches, geographies, types of business, exposure risk, ENS is a big one for us now. So you find pockets of specialization amongst everybody in the small commercial space. And within the exchange, whether you sit on the distribution side or the carrier side, you're trading risks, applications, and information. And we help power all of that. And so different users have different types of needs. What we do as a tech company is try to build out features and functions to allow our users to easier interact with the exchange. You might have read recently we launched an API. Um, that was because we actually had a lot of tech-first, tech-enabled uh, buyers, you know, insurtechs, uh, big carrier-owned brokerages, companies with sophisticated IT teams, and really smart software engineers approaches and saying, hey, we, we like what you're doing. We understand and like the core of it. Give us some of these endpoints so we could build our own technology on top of what you've put in place. We want to customize it. We want to have control. We want to have confidence. We want to have clarity. Uh, how do we get to that? So that's why we launched that out there. And that just started to take a life of its own for all the right reasons, but super, super amazing. 
I know I, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, it's it's been amazing to see the the growth that you all have had, and, and you know, and I, I want to talk about two things that, that you mentioned. You know, uh, first and foremost, you know, you you talked a little bit about the uh, your your the core value proposition of the product being the exchange and the marketplace, and you know, bringing the the different um, individuals together on both the carrier and the agency side, and, and so on. Um, and then I also want to talk about some of the challenges in the API. But but you know, starting with that exchange, so you know, there are other very large organizations and carriers that are looking at what you're doing um, and they're um, looking to potentially launch similar um, capabilities for their particular product. So, you know, not having a multitude of carriers in it, but their own and and facilitating that, um, you know, the, the direction of getting the policyholders uh, and engaging with the agents more, much more seamless a, a, as a part of servicing and operating uh, into getting that that access, right? And are you continuing to, um, you know, keep an eye on, on what the industry is doing and how are you making sure that you're um, staying ahead of the innovation and competitive against companies like that? So two things there. Uh, number one, when people ask us or have been long enough in this space, they say, hey, an exchange has been tried before multiple times. What makes you think that now is the time that you could do it? This is not a new concept. We're just ha- a lucky, fortunate enough to live in this renaissance for technology and insurance where tech finally allows us to operate an efficient exchange. And so number you know the two two buckets there number 1 is we are in a lot of ways recreating what many in this industry have thought should exist and want to have exist and are excited to see that it's taking off because technology is there to allow for programmatic buying and selling to take place in a very efficient manner. That's one. Number two, those didn't do so well. And the carrier specific exchanges that are having limitations are because the author, the owner of those is an insurance entity, right? Some cases you mentioned, and I won't pick at anyone specific by name, but in some of them there, it's a carrier powered exchange. Others times they'll be tried with broker-powered exchange. And so you can't help but to think and to know that it's designed in order to promote the products of that company, right? So no matter what, you're still limited to what that company's able to write. There is no such company that offers everything to everybody. The benefit of Bull Penguin or our differentiator, how we're able to keep an eye on and keep ahead of is that in a lot of ways, we're like Switzerland. We're neutral to it. We are the technology company that operates it. And so if you think of covering the entire landscape, we believe we're in a position to where we can actually plug in all the right partners on both sides to have deal flow hit all the way through without the exceptions, exclusions, and give an objective, holistic view of the ecosystem. It's objectively... uh, understand and know which policy is better for a customer, not just within that company or that entity or that uh, ecosystem. So we have that kind of freedom, right? We're not an insurance company. We're not an insurance agency. We're not a broker. We're the tech company that just tries to operate this exchange and have a very fair, objective uh, look at things 
on both sides of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I got to tell you sort of um, in the analogy that you used in regards to being Switzerland, I I think it's a it's it's a it's a good one. You know, there was a a, a few months ago, actually, I was speaking to an insure tech leader, one that was actually acquired by a carrier. And um, in that organization provided, um, you know, capabilities and services uh, uh, from a distribution perspective to other carriers. And um, what wound up happening when the organization's uh, technical capabilities were acquired is that they found it harder to engage with uh, carriers that they were previously targeting because of the competitive nature and view that um, being owned by a carrier, um, you know, put towards them. So so others didn't want to work with them to the point where they had to, to spin out as an independent organization. So, you know, I, I think to the point that you're making, um, you know, carriers tend to be really, really protective about their data, their policyholders and their relationships. Um, so, so to be neutral and, and in the middle is is um, is a good place to be when engaging in a, in a, in a spot that relies on bringing the different entities together you know so you know one of the the things that you also talked about that I wanted to touch upon was uh, you know you all rolling out an API Um, uh, and um, as as I look at your technology in the way that you know uh, carriers as well as agencies would engage within your exchange and within your 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 platform um, you know there are carriers all across the spectrum that may not be ready to either roll out or consume an API or, or plug into an exchange like yours. So you number, number one, you know, are you finding that to be a limitation in regards to who you can work with or are you figuring other ways to engage organizations that might not be able to consume your technology? Sure. So I think you pack three questions into that one question. Uh, <laughs> number one, just overall the API, what's its functionality? Uh, number two is how do the different parties interact with it, brokers and uh, carriers. And then number three, carriers that don't have the technology uh, advancement to plug into an API or have an API of their own, what do they do? So I think that's what I heard, and I'll, I'll tackle all, all of those. Uh, so the first one being the interaction with the API. We found that uh, everybody wants flexibility. They want to have, uh, they don't want to just buy a box and have it do X, Y, and Z and pay for that box. They want to buy a solution that they can customize because every company is a little bit different. So that's why we initially rolled it out. And the unintended consequence of that is that people took our API and threw it up on their website. They have a consumer-facing experience powered by Bold Penguin's underlying technology of the exchange. Uh, They also wanted to do the same thing to plug into their CRMs, agency management systems, and homegrown solutions that they have their internal phone salespeople and underwriters use to better retrieve the data to interact with the exchange so you can just push buttons and process applications. That was super fascinating. That continues to be the case. We have many case studies of that where big and small companies alike expose it to a consumer and have complete flexibility online powered by us, uh, expose it to their field agents powered by us, expose it to inside sales reps and internal brokerages and uh, small call centers that they power. Really fun, great application there that I could go deeper on. Um, Number two was if you're a broker, the main usage of the applications uh, tend to be that efficiency. How do you quickly triage an application in a court form to decide whether or not you want to service it, right? Policy may be too small, 
policy may be too big, complex, you don't have a market for, how do you quickly route it and kick it out and find a good home for it in a programmatic digital way? So that's the primary function of that uh, from that side. From the carrier side, the primary function is, okay, I now have a product that I want to, uh, that I want to reach distribution. I want to put my BOP. I want to put my workers' comp next to, et cetera. This is a great way to do it in high volume, very predictive, controlled uh, way down to the SIC, NAIC, NAICS level uh, within every zip, every geography, uh, every variable uh, of the risk that you could possibly imagine. So you could be laser targeted. I want my BOP in front of these types of contractors and this zip code of companies of this size of this uh, age. You could do that. Uh, That's what it allows you to do. And then the third question you asked was, what do carriers that don't have the technology chops to interact with it? What do they do? And that's a hard one. So we found ourselves in the business of building out APIs for those carriers. We found ourselves in the business of helping those organizations catch up to the 21st century and then actually get a little bit further ahead of their competition. So we do that today. We call them offline carriers. Those that may have great products, great companies, have great underwriting discipline, just need a little bit of help on the tech side. We work with them to bring them from an offline carrier to an online carrier. We have four stages of that. We have a tech team and implementation process that we work through. It's an eight-week um, sprint uh, or multiple sprints uh, that we walk through uh, and go through in order to take a company from an offline solution to an online solution. And that's done on a program or product level. So it's never boil the ocean type of thing. It's not like I'll get all of your GL to be an online product. And look, some companies don't even want that. Uh, we go very targeted by class, by coverage amount, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, as carriers are, you know, becoming that online carrier, as, as you mentioned, uh, that's going to give them a lot of differentiation because when you look at the spectrum of all of the insurance companies, both domestically and internationally, there's some that's on the side of being technologically advanced, some that's in the middle, but a vast majority still to date, you know, depending on the size of the carrier, um, is still in the beginning stages of a digital transformation or may not even be thinking of a digital transformation. So, you know, to me, uh, it, this is almost uh, a, a speed play for um, for some of those mid-tier carriers that's not there yet to, to really hone in and, and build those digital capabilities. Yeah, I hear just on that topic, I hear two things when I walk into a carrier. I hear we're a first mover or I hear we're a great fast follower. Those are the two things I always hear. If you're a fast mover, you're already working on how to get yourself online, API, have programmatic uh, rates for small commercial. If you're a fast follower, this is the time they're actually doing something. So I'd actually challenge your audience Whoever is not actually doing something, wonder how fast of a fast follower they are, and most of them are. So, yeah, and, excited about the future. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 my my biggest challenge, though, I, I guess what what I what I would say is, um, even organizations that I hear is um are looking to be a fast follower and in, in they're trying to go through a digital transformation. Uh, a lot of times, the process for their digital transformation may wind up taking 
you know, two to three years to, to transform the extensive size of their their assets that they're hoping to transform to be able to consume the technologies of today. You know, um, and I think that's where, uh, to your point, you know, uh, it will take an organization like yours to work with those carriers because there are things that you can do to overlay a digital capability on top of a more analog, I, I guess, is what I would call it, capability, even though it might take more money and time, but at least it could help them to to get to that point of being sort of an online transactor a little bit earlier than what it would take before the end of their digital transformation. You know, um, so as, as I look at, you know, the carrier's technology, I, I wonder a lot about your technology. So, you know, we, we talked somewhat about the APIs and some of the things that's powering both Penguin, but are you also looking at other things that may act as a confluence of, of technologies that would work together to make your product uh, 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 one that's even more effective and one that could create more of a competitive advantage for those that are using it? Sure, of course. We partner up with the implementation teams or the consulting firms within those organizations that are either thinking about going through the transformation or are already doing the transformation uh, or are in the mix of you know, changing out their policy administration, et cetera. Uh, no one said it was going to be easy, right? <laughs> so it's not like you go from uh, zero to one uh, overnight. Uh, it is a process. And to your point, it does take some time, you know, in some companies it's months and most companies it's years. Uh, the greater point is you ought to start doing something now if you want to in the next couple of years be in the in this playing field. Uh, and a lot of them are doing it, which I, I do have to give them all credit for because it's not easy to move a big battleship. Uh, even a couple of degrees to the left, to the right. Just thinking about, you know, your perspective on the industry, um, I, I wonder, you know, where do you see the biggest opportunities for transformation and growth in insurance, both on the agency side and then also on the carrier side? From the bull penguin like lens, it's sort of what I started with. The problem with this space is it's actually three problems tied, coupled very much together. So you have to be able to knock them out. I think small commercial is just the perfect time and the perfect opportunity for someone to grab it. And it's one of those big enough spaces where you don't need to have a winner and a loser. There could be many winners and many different slices of it. Uh, and of course, there could be many losers also, but <laughs> just <laughs> hope everyone's going to be a winner here. Uh, and so I think small commercial is an amazing time uh, because we finally have technology that allows us to uh, run it efficiently. Efficiently means low-touch, uh, high-tech. Uh, that doesn't mean you're cutting out people from the equation. It just means that instead of your underwriter being able to process five policies per X duration, they could do 500 of those. Same thing on the broker side. Instead of issuing you know, 10 policies in X duration of time, they could do 10 times that. Uh, so I think the efficiency play thinks the technology is finally there, and so it could actually be a profitable business. And when you think about SMBs, I mean, that is the lifeblood of America, right? That's, that's what powers our economy. Uh, it is very close to a consumer product. And a lot of us that are buying Amazon, a lot of SMB owners are just like that. They want to have something that they could just be a click away. And we can cater to them because at the end, the consumer wins. And so uh, you got technology, you have consumer demand, and you actually have an open opportunity to dominate just adds up to 
being a, a great place to be. The value proposition that you all have laid out uh, really um, it, it has been resonating, not only from the, the growth that you all are experiencing, um, but also uh, through the, the talent that you all have been attracting as well. So, you know, since I've been following Bold Penguin over the past few years, you, you know, you all have really brought on some wildly successful insurance executives or, or innovators or, or thought leaders into your organization from uh, Lou, uh, you know, the, the former CEO of IIG in Worcester, Massachusetts, and Ryan Hanley as your, you know, CMO and Mark Hara, you know. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, an organization like Bold Penguin, you guys are doing things that are so transformational. You know, how are you attracting such great innovative transformational talent to your organization you know what what's what's the what what's the, the the thing that you hear most for these individuals as they're coming into your company yeah well you're gonna have to ask them as the founder i don't want to i don't want to uh, uh sell you on a dream it would be really great to hear from them directly but i i, I will tell you i'm trying to purposely be um overly humble on this one uh to, just to paint the picture we ask all of our uh, people that we interact with to come in the office and spend a little bit of time in the office. Just feel the organic, good quality interaction between people, how we work and what we do. And that sells itself. Uh, I've said this a couple times before in other publications. I truly believe we have something magical happening in our office. I didn't engineer it. My partner didn't engineer it. We didn't go out of our way to, you know, design a social club to make fun after hours at the office, et cetera. It just sort of happened and it's continuing and there's truly magic in the air. Uh, we have a great group of people that interact really well together and we geek out about such a strange problem, right? <laughs> Efficiency and commercial insurance. So it's captivating to anyone that walks in. And when you see that, and you actually have a little bit of insurance knowledge, so a lot of insurance experience, like those people that you just mentioned, it's contagious. You just you get the bug and you, and you run with it. Uh, it's really fun um, to see it. So I give it a lot of credit to just what's actually happening on the ground and at HQ. Uh, at Bull Penguin. The talent that you're attracting, even though you're being very humble, um, I, I think it's what you all are doing there and, and your vision really speaks for itself based on the people that you're bringing into your organization. But, you know, just, just speaking about vision in general, you know, of the insurance industry and of, of the uh, insurance space, you know, besides what you all are doing at Bold Penguin, you know, what do you think are some of the most promising insure tech concepts that you've come across today, both domestically and internationally? The blessing and the curse of insure tech is the following, in my opinion. Uh, insure tech, as this new word or wave that we've uh, coined, uh, gave a nice kick in the butt for everybody that's been complacent in this industry. Because a lot of the stuff that we're doing in the insure tech space, they all should have been years ago. And so now with the pouring of VC money and innovation and the hype and et cetera, uh, there, it just opened up a window for the insure techs to come in and do things that a lot of these other companies and people should have been already doing. So the blessing and the curse is it sped up uh, all the obvious things, but the, cur the other side of it is it brought in a lot of people that don't know Jack about insurance. And yes, you could say, that's great. That's new blood. That's nice. You know, they're thinking 
without knowing what no feels like. Uh, but it brings a lot of noise. And we all know that a lot of these companies won't be around. The ones that are, are going to be powerhouses for sure. Uh, but many will, of course, die and die a pretty slow death and create a lot of noise in the industry. So overall, companies that have a nice balance between insurance, technology, and marketing within their C-suite or within their founding team or their organization, I believe, are doing great things because they sort of know how the three sides need to interact or should interact. And look, a lot of us, we're not doing anything that is sending a rocket to Mars. We're not colonizing moon here. We're solving insurance. And a lot of this is people-made problems. And we're trying to fix the people-made problems. And so when you have a team, a founding team or a C-suite that has those three angles uh, covered, I believe they're doing a lot of good and going places. Companies that are a little lopsided on, let's create a cool website or let's launch a cool app or let's just make the consumer experience better than anything else, that's great. But that's just one leg of the stool and you can't get too far from that. I love to hear you say that, you know, because there are a lot of companies and and I mean a lot that are looking to innovate one portion or to your point, one leg of the stool. And um, and and it might not even be uh, one that the customer is looking for, meaning that there's no true value proposition long term. And uh, to your point, we're probably going to see some of those organizations wind up falling by the wayside in a couple of years or even before that. Um, and the pool is just going to start to get thinner um, because they are, in essence, a, a hammer trying to find a nail and trying to figure something out when there, there's just no real value in, in, in what they're doing. So, you know, to, to hear that perspective, I, I think really, um, and, and I hope folks out there are listening, right, that that's really the direction that uh, we all need to be going in is not just looking at one piece, but looking at what the customers need, um, what, what they're uh, expecting, um, and, and how we can solve for real business use cases versus ones that's just sort of a, a cool feature or something that's nice to have. You know, so um, just uh, just uh, thinking about the future of Bolt Penguin, you know, I, I know you, I know we don't have a crystal ball in front of us, but, you know, what, what do you see as the future of your organization as you look, you know, maybe a year to 18 months down the line? Sure. So I wanted to be huge. <laughs> Simply put. Um, now that I got that out of the way, uh, I think uh, Bull Penguin is going to be synonymous with commercial insurance growth. I think the way that we're approaching the exchange, that there's three sides of it, uh, I believe that puts us in the center of every transaction without uh, jeopardizing our relationships with our customers, such as you know we don't we won't actually get into the agent space, we won't be direct to consumer. We won't be in the carrier space. We won't be selling our own uh, products, et cetera, just sort of being the Switzerland. Uh, today, uh, we roughly see 2% of small business America, uh, SMB commercial insurance policies a year. Uh, we're on a path to 10%. So there's roughly 25 million uh, SMBs in the way that we define small. Um, we're on a path to, to get to 10% of that. Uh, so we believe that out of all the people that are looking to get insurance, out of all the businesses, switching insurance, book rolling, um, comparing, um, valuing their options, starting, et cetera, 
uh, we're at the center of that transaction because we power uh, both the distribution and the manufacturing sides of uh, the equation. Absolutely. You know, so, so hey, Ellie, you know, one of the questions that I always like to ask, especially from innovators like yourself and for the people that's listening to the podcast, if they wanted to walk away with one thing that will help them to transform their organizations or at least challenge the status quo, you know, what advice could you give them? I think that innovation can be manufactured, it can't be designed. It can't be architected within any company. It always falls back on a few good people that can see something that others don't, that can act a certain way that others can't, that can break through the noise that others can't. So if you're thinking about opening up a a department or a hub or a lab or any of those things, I would encourage to start with the people that would run it. I would encourage to start thinking about the small group that would lead it and what they're actually able to achieve. Um, It really does come back to a few good people being able to do something extraordinary. Finding those people, cultivating those relationships, and giving them the space to do what they do best. Absolutely. You know, I, I would agree with that. And, and especially the piece of giving them the space uh, to do it without some of the hindrances of internal bureaucracy. Um, you know, I, I think that drives that uh, transformational thought process that may be something that leads the company into the future. So, you know, um, uh, before we uh, close this out, you know, I, I, I'm wondering and I have to ask the question, Bold Penguin, you know, what's in a name? <laughs> you know, where did you all come up with the name and the branding? I don't want to sound too philosophical. You know, what's in a name? But where did that name come from for Bold Penguin? Sure. We were looking for something that's just going to stand out. That's not going to be the boring, same old, same old. Uh, so we try to go with something a little bit that's bold. And uh, who doesn't who doesn't love a penguin, right? We're, uh, we always see how adaptive and how neat and how cool uh, a penguin is and the waddle is and how much they persevere. It just seemed to make total sense to name a company Bold Penguin. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, Love it, actually. Oh, man, you know, so, hey, Ilya, uh, I I do want to say thank you. You know, I truly appreciate having the time to talk to you, um, number one, about what you're doing in Bold Penguin, but also just to get your thoughts on um, what's happening in the space of innovation and transformation. You know, if anyone out there either wanted to learn more about Bold, uh, Bold Penguin or wanted to get in contact with you or your team, you know, what's the best way for them to do that? Our website, contact us, schedule time for a demo. I uh, think we do a really good job of being all over LinkedIn. So find one of us, shoot us a note. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Awesome. Well, hey, Ilya, once again, I, I want to say thank you. I truly appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing to follow what you're doing up Old Penguin. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, stop, hit the subscribe button so you can get new episodes every week to whatever platform that you're using on Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it may be. So, you know, um, hopefully you got a lot out of this discussion with myself and Ilya uh, about Bold Penguin and what they're seeing from a transformation perspective. So thanks once again, and I'll see you next week.